welcome to this podcast. Today we are at ESMO Congress in Madrid and Spain and we're speaking with Dr. David Spiegel. Thank you for joining us today, David. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and about your background? Yeah, sure. I'm uh, David Spiegel. I'm a medical oncologist at Sarah Cannon Research Institute in Nashville, Tennessee. I uh, am the chief scientific officer there and I also lead the lung cancer research program. Okay, amazing. Could you give us a brief overview of the research you'll be presenting at ESMO this year? Yeah, the, I guess, main study presented was uh, Checkmate 153. It's a trial looking at uh, the long-term safety issues uh, with nivolumab monotherapy. Uh, But what we presented here was also an exploratory analysis of patients who stayed on nivolumab after one year or who stopped nivolumab and had an opportunity to receive it again at disease progression and looking at how those different arms did. Okay. Um, what were the main results of those different arms? So this was a, a study where 1,200 patients were enrolled who had previously treated non-small cell lung cancer both squamous and non-squamous histologies. Uh, they could have had a ECOG performance status of zero to two and even prior treated brain metastases. A group of patients that uh, weren't necessarily eligible for the pivotal randomized studies. All the patients received nivolumab at three milligrams per kilogram IV every two weeks for a year. And at one year, they were then randomized to stay on nivolumab uh, until disease progression or toxicity or to come off nivolumab with an opportunity to get it again if, uh, if there was uh, recurrent disease. Out of the 1,245 patients that enrolled in the study, there were um, about 220 patients eligible for randomization to these two arms. The reason for the big drop-off was because of progressive disease uh, and the availability of nivolumab, uh, which became FDA-approved during this trial's enrollment. In the analysis I presented, there's uh, ends, there ends up being about a, um, a little bit under 200 patients that were compared. Um, these were patients who had either responding disease or stable disease at the time they were randomized to stay on nivolumab or stop. The main finding was that the progression-free survival was in favor of the group in, in favor of the group that stayed on nivolumab. So there was about a 58% reduction in the risk of death or progression if you stayed on nivolumab after one year of treatment versus stopping it. So that was a pretty noteworthy finding because we haven't seen any data ever uh, looking at this question of staying on immunotherapy or stopping. So this is the first randomized effort to look at that uh, that question. And what impact do you think this research will have on patients in the future? Well, unfortunately, I don't think it will have a big impact because it's a small study. Okay. It was an exploratory analysis. Uh, it does continue to drive home this um, the, the importance of 
understanding duration of therapy because immunotherapy affects so many different patients now across many different cancer types, not just lung cancer. We still don't know how much a person needs to benefit from immunotherapy. Do you just need a little to turn on the system? Do you need more to maintain it? We all have patients who've gotten very little immunotherapy, who stopped for various reasons, often toxicity, who, who are doing really well on nothing. And, and you wonder, boy, it may just take a little bit of treatment to maintain this benefit. And then we have studies like uh, I presented here where actually it suggests the opposite, that staying on immunotherapy maybe leads to the best outcomes. Okay. I think the big problem is with the widespread availability of immunotherapy, many different drugs and many different tumor types, it's becoming harder to answer this question of stopping early or staying on therapy. A lot of patients and physicians will just choose to not be involved in trials like that because they can just give immunotherapy uh, anyway. So uh, these are still important questions yep, we're hoping to get answered with ongoing studies. Okay. And what are you looking forward to hearing about asthma? Well, I think today the two big presentations are in lung cancer. Uh, it is a study called the Pacific Study and a study called the Flora Study. The Pacific Study, uh, we, and we've already seen results because they got released today in a publication, uh, was a stage three trial we were involved in where patients uh, were given chemo radiotherapy for stage three cancer, non-small cell lung cancer, and then randomized to one year of dervalumab following chemo radiation or to placebo, and the progression-free survival was in favor of dervalumab. I view this as a new standard of care, and uh, I think it'll be widely adopted, certainly in the U.S. The other study we're waiting to get the data on today, but we know is positive because a press release came out earlier this uh, this summer, is a study called the Flora Study. It's a first-line trial in patients with EGFR mutations who either get osimertinib, a drug already approved in the T790 mutated setting following a first-line EGFR TKI. So they either get osimertinib first line in, the, in this Flora study or they get gefitinib or allotinib. And what we know is the study met its endpoint that osimertinib beat gefitinib and erlotinib head-to-head in progression-free survival, but what we don't know is by how much. Okay. And so this is going to be a game-changer, I think, in how people view uh, which drug to use first line in EGFR mutated lung cancer. And so we get those results today. But I think these two big studies change the standards of care in lung cancer. Okay. Do you have any closing comments on how you'd like to see um, treatment options for lung cancer progress? I think uh, we all are still striving to um, treat people who can benefit, you know, and so giving people Giving a lot of people therapy to only benefit a few is still not ideal. That means there's a lot of people getting treatment of, of some kind, chemotherapy or oral or immunotherapy, who won't benefit from it. And not only is that you know, not a good use of resources, but uh, you're, not helping, you're not helping those patients by giving them an ineffective therapy. So how are we gonna identify therapies that help people 
where you can you can know that before you give it to them. Yeah. So I think that's the holy grail of cancer research is better selecting people to receive the therapies that could benefit them. Um, but you know it's exciting right now. This is the second year in a row that ESMO has has changed the standards of care in lung cancer. Uh, so it's just the pace of new new uh, therapies coming to the bedside is, is so fast right now. Yeah. It's an exciting time. Fantastic. So. Okay. Thank, thank yeah, you great. very much. I hope you enjoyed that podcast from Oncology Central. If you want to find more interviews with renowned experts in the field, please feel free to visit oncology-central.com where you can also find news, opinion pieces, webinars and more. We'd love to know your thoughts on this interview, so please comment below or tweet us at Oncology Central. Thank you.